You're listening to me, Paul Ross, with Santander. If you're experiencing financial difficulties, Santander have a range of online tools that can help you. To find out more, go to santander.co.uk as we cross live now to Mexico to talk Latin American politics with John Bonfiglio, a regular over the weekends with Martin Kellner on his brilliant overnight show at the weekends, the MK Don himself. John, good morning, sir. How the devil are you? It's been a long time. I understand there's a bit of a heat wave in Mexico at the moment. Oh, it's the usual summer temperatures where... Yeah, you just sweat, sweat, and sweat some more, Paul. How are you? Very well indeed. Although things, as I suppose they would predictably in an election, got rather heated in the Mexico election. Was this a particularly violent election this time around? It was, and, and really difficult to gauge because obviously, as you can imagine, a lot of the violence was actually not reported for for obvious reasons. But if you look at a conservative estimate um, based on the last election, then violence was up somewhere between 60 and 70, 70%. Well, and, and anything from, you know... Uh, threats to intimidation and so on, and somewhere between, again, depending on how you measure it, 30 odd political candidates murdered through to potentially 70 or 80 as well. So for sure, a very fraught election, especially in in certain areas, uh, which has just come to an end yeah, last last Sunday in what essentially is the Mexican midterms, which give a sense of uh, how the president, Andrés Manuel López Obrador, more commonly referred to as AMLO, is faring. Now, as I understand it, he still is in power, but he's had his power trimmed, is that right? Maybe lost support in, for example, Mexico City. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because essentially the international press have reported it in that way. They've said that he's lost some of his mandate, <clears throat> excuse me, that actually he's, um, his, his power has been trimmed or his wings have been clipped, etc. I, I really don't see it that way because, I mean, for sure he's lost some of his seats in the, in the Congress, but actually he had such overwhelming, such an overwhelming mandate at the last at the last election, that it was he was always going to lose support in this one, and then you you take into account as well the obviously the COVID pandemic um, and you know everything related to that in terms of in terms of health and healthcare, and then associated to that as well the you know the economic the mass economic downturn in the country. And again, of course, he was going to he was going to lose support. And and actually, the way I would I would um, interpret these results is that he actually maintains a pretty solid majority in the Congress. He, he doesn't have the super majority that was being discussed by some by some pundits in terms of potentially enacting constitutional change, which is what a lot of people were worried about. But essentially, you know, three years into into a presidential six year term in which there's been, you know, the mother of all storms has rained down on the country as it has done on the world. And he's still got a He's still got a mandate and a majority. So I think he still absolutely has the, his working class and to some extent, you know, middle class heartlands across the uh, across the country. Has he lost support? For sure. But he's still very much the man in power. As you kind of hinted at there, there was an attempt by the opposition parties to betray him as maybe wishing to head back towards some of the more authoritarian governments Mexico had, for example, in the last century. How true is that? He hasn't got the mandate for that now. But was that something that was coming Mexico's way, possibly? Well, I think it's, 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 it's interesting because, I mean, I guess we need to look contextually at Latin America, but then also at Mexican history. So, you know, a, a, um, an objective observer would say that that's an interesting uh, hypocrit hypocritical accusation to level at Andrés Manuel López Obrador because those were the parties of the right, you know, that are making those accusations. We're actually were the, the authoritarian parties that, 
you know, of sure. the last century. But then for sure, in a Latin American sense, um, there's always the worry that, you know, when you have somebody who comes in of the left or of the right, that in one way, you know, shape or form, they're going to have too much power concentrated and that power without the necessary checks and balances in the constitutions in these in these countries is then going to be abused. And there's going to be a stranglehold on on that power, which necessarily, you know, leads down very dark and and murky pathways. It, it would be unlikely that he would go down that, that that way, I think, even if he had, you know, a huge hold on power. But for sure, the historical context is a perpetual worry in in this sense. Now, I know there have been Peruvian elections and there's lots of uh, talk about fraud at the polls with that thing. And that, Peru has been terribly affected by the coronavirus pandemic. I think for a while it became the highest per capita death rate from coronavirus in the world. One of the candidates was offering families, I think, bereaved families, something in the region of, what, two and a half thousand, I think, uh, American dollars to families who lost a relative. How much has the pandemic impacted on Mexico, for example, in Mexico City itself? I mean, it really has um, to some extent and then in another way, perhaps maybe not so much. I mean, I guess if you look at the brass tacks of the thing, of course, it's impacted on it, uh, you know, massively economically and also in terms of the number of the dead. I mean, Mexico is by any measure in the top uh, top 10, in some senses, the top five of countries worst affected in terms of in terms of deaths and so on. But what I would regularly contextualize this with is to say that countries in Latin America are no stranger to crises or epidemics. I mean, you know, over the course of the last few years, we've had uh, chikungunya, we've had Zika, you know, waft through here on a regular summer basis. Dengue is a is an annual challenge, and there is still yellow fever in some parts of the of the continent for sure, malaria and so on. And then also, last year's hurricane season was the worst hurricane season on record by any measure, leading to all, all manner of displacement and economic hardship. So has a COVID um, crisis and pandemic massively affected Mexico and the continent? Absolutely. But it's not a new, you know, people here are well versed on being struck left field by massive um, upturn surprises in their in their daily life, which upend absolutely everything, which is one of the, the problems which we've discussed many times before on your show, Paul, about, you know, the, the, the movement of people up towards the US. It's not just a, on a whim. It's because there are things actually driving people up there. And I wanted to end by asking you about that. Has there been, would you say, any kind of sea change in the attitudes of Mexicans overall, if it's possible to quantify that, since the last election, since Donald Trump lost his bid to be re-elected? Uh, you mean in terms of uh, how they view the US? Yeah, I mean, and also how Mexicans maybe regard, you know, think they're being perceived by the rest of the world, because there was an extent to which certainly it felt as if Donald Trump and elements of his party were demonising Mexico. Yeah, I think that, I mean, certainly uh, Joe Biden is fairly well regarded in, in Latin America. I mean, when he was vice president to Barack Obama, he, he, he undertook a record number of visits to, to Latin America. And he speaks pretty well on the, you know, he knows... He knows his stuff as, as it comes to the content. And he's certainly, he's certainly taken a softer tone and, and been more collegiate about speaking about partners in the region rather than telling them what to do and so on. But if you look at the situation in terms of has anything actually changed, you know, in terms of the relationship between the two countries at the moment, um, I'd say absolutely, uh, absolutely not. Now, we touch base every Tuesday with a um, South American football expert, a guy called Tim Vickery, based in Brazil. And he was telling us over the past couple of weeks about the Copa America being moved, first of all, from Argentina. Brazil have offered to host it. I know Mexico is a huge football-loving nation. How has that been regarded? How has that gone down in the in Mexico? So, um, Mexico actually takes part in a different yeah, uh, tournament because they're... 
in the North American rather than the you know the the one that's, that's taking place in the but, but there, there was talk even for a while of the Copa America being played in America in the USA because they were so concerned about it in Brazil. Now of course there've been falling outs between the Copa America organisers and the North America Football Association. So in that way that was never going to be feasible. I just wondered how that was regarded or portrayed in the uh, Mexican media. Yeah, look um, for sure. I mean to some extent. Uh, you know, Mexico has its obviously its own problems on the on the footballing field, but sure. certainly how it's been portrayed here is you know looking uh, with something of Schadenfreude uh, in terms of what's taking place in in South America and wondering how this tournament that's being moved between pillar and post and uh, and and countries which continue to have mass protests and then obviously you know COVID situations in the likes of Argentina and and Brazil is actually going to successfully um, take place and nobody's quite sure. As to how that how that is going to happen, just one week away, you know, from the actual tournament starting, and Brazil has just been announced as the as the new host. John, always an absolute pleasure, sir. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Do stay safe over there. We'll talk again soon. I hope John Bonfiglia there, live from Mexico, Central American correspondent, talking to me, Paul Ross, and you guys on Talk.